This is Merchandise Mart. Transfer to Brown Line Trains at Merchandise Mart. Doors closing. So welcome to the Wisendell Weekly Wrap-Up. Um, this week I have with me another workhorse in the architecture and design industry. <laughs> Go ahead, you can introduce yourself. Uh, I am Tom Spanier and I am the... The mic. Uh, oh, I am Tom Spanier and I am the uh, founder and principal of TZS Design, which nice. is a interior design uh, studio. Very cool. And um, you, you said earlier it was solo or do you have anybody working with you no, right I'm now? No, I'm a private designer right now. Okay. Um, just the way I like it. Very cool. Nice and tight. <laughs> <laughs> no one accountable but you, right? Right, right. <laughs> I am looking for uh, for another partner, though, another person to uh, bring in my team. But right now, it's just me. Nice. Having a lot of fun. Nice. It too. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And uh, when did when did you start that? When did you start? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. That was a tough time. Yeah. Sounds tough for sure. Yeah, that wasn't an easy yeah. time to uh, to start anything. Yeah. But uh, the firm I was working for went out of business. Okay. So, you know, one day you're at work, the next day, you know. So they went out of business because of the result of the Because no one, clients weren't paying them because of the 2009 economic downturn. And wow. 450-person company went down bankrupt overnight. Wow. So everybody was laid off. And Damn. Uh, I was always doing freelance work ever since I graduated from school. From a month out of I graduated from school, I started my first freelance job. And I was always doing freelance. And I was like, you know what? Perfect time to start, you know, to try to start my own thing. Mm -hmm. And that's how, it's, that's how it began. And uh, 12 years later, that's awesome, I'm man. still here. Yeah, there you go. Still <laughs> kicking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, there's definitely some similarities from 2009, 2008 to what we're going through right now. I mean, what, what are you, what, what would you say the biggest difference is? Um, the, I would say the, um, biggest difference is just that we're in uncharted territory. We don't know where we're going. Yeah, we don't. I mean, no one, this pandemic is just messing everything up. Yeah. Uh, and, and especially from, you know, I do commercial and residential work. So mm -hmm. the residentials is, you know, I think a little less affected. Okay. But from a, from a workplace design standpoint, I feel like everything is going to change and right. it has been changing. And people who, if you're doing a lot of that type of work, what is that going to look like now? Yeah. You know, because people, I can't imagine people are going to want bigger offices anymore. No, absolutely not. So yeah. it's uncharted territory. That's the thing. I mean, yeah. we knew in 2009 it would come back eventually. You just had to, you know, stick around and wait it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the biggest change that I see right now. Uh -huh. We don't know where this change is going. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're saying that the your residential clients are, are still okay, but the commercial side is, is definitely floundering. Um, well, I, like, like I said, it's too early to tell. It's too early to judge. Like, um, I think that uh, if, if I base it on two, the two commercial projects that I have right now, one's flying high, it's during under construction, and um, we're sort of designing. It's kind of a design build situation right now. Nice. Um, and it's it's great. It's commu it's a community center in Evanston. Cool. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful job. Great clients. Um, yeah, very but cool. But then I have a an, a big lobby, three yeah. thousand square foot lobby. I'm working on right now for actually a uh, believe it or not, an architecture and engineering company. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but I used to work at those firms, and I know that. Renovations to the office are not high priorities in tough times. <laughs> so we got all the way through the CDs and to the pricing stage and got in the budget and then COVID happened. Oh. So the projects, it's it's a little bit on, you know, we don't know what's happening with that right now. Yeah. I hope it gets built mm -hmm. and I think it will. I just don't know when. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of on hold. Yeah. So, so take us all the way back, but even before COVID, where'd you go to school? You said you mentioned... Uh, where, where was like your education, your kind of work? Your yeah, professional I, uh, experience? went to Iowa State University. Okay. I studied interior Are you from design. from Iowa? Yeah, I, I, no, I'm not from Iowa. Oh, okay. I'm from the south suburbs of Chicago. Gotcha. Um, but I studied ar architecture for one year in uh, Iowa State. That's actually why I went there. But then um, I actually didn't get into the program. Hmm. And I was sort of like, it was a real, I mean, it was a real hard time for me because I was like, I always thought, I, was like, I always wanted to be an architect and this program and I, I didn't have all my uh, like back then I was young I was a young kid and I didn't yeah, have yeah. all my creative energies flowing in the proper direction and you know 
I, I noticed they had an interior design program yeah. at the school. And I'm like, what is interior design? I'm like, right. everybody else like, even today it's hard. What is interior design? Yeah. And um, I went, let me check it out. And then I noticed, okay, you still had to uh, have the uh, semester weed out. You know, you'd still get into the program. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let me try interiors. And it was just like a, a, a switch clicked when I, from like the first day in studio for interior design, it clicked the creativity, the um, kind of unleashing of, uh, it was just so differently taught than the architecture program I was in. Yeah. And I know that they're different from university to university, but everything just kind of set in place after that. And I got into the program and um, everything flourished from them. I just had such a great time yeah. doing it. Yeah. And um, still love architecture. Mm-hmm. But um, at that point in my life, though, that's what happened is I, I sort of turned a slight direction. Gotcha. And, and that's what's where I'm at right now. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. I, uh, I initially got my interior design degree at Harrington and then I was thinking about going to school for architecture and then the grades just weren't there and then I'm paying for it again. I was like, fuck, like I can't, I can't do this. So Mm. I I stopped at the interior design degree at Harrington, which shout out to all my Harrington grads, but that's no longer there. Um, So 2009 and then 2012 and then how, uh, like in between them, what what were the type of projects, or what what do you do as far as creativity in between time? Now that you're on your own, um, yeah. So, I could you clarify the question a little bit? Yeah. So, what do you do to get inspiration? Inspiration. Okay. Honestly, um, I get inspired by really everything. Like whenever I'm yeah. around, like I'm in the showroom now. So you saw me taking pictures. Yeah. There was a detail and yeah. I just like the proportions. I'm like, that's a good proportion. Like there's bad <laughs> proportions and good. So I'll take a <laughs> shot. I get inspired just by, I'm always looking around. Yeah. Um, life. Yeah. Uh, just, and I don't need to travel. I don't need to, I don't need to, I mean, I love traveling, but I don't need to travel to be inspired. I could just be hanging out, doing whatever, but look, I'm always looking around at our, at the built environment and the natural environment. Yeah and getting inspired. And I think that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm just always looking at things probably other people aren't looking at yeah. just cause they're not like into design as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also get inspired by people like my clients. I think that most designers, architects, when you have a, a job and you, you know, that first interview, the first kickoff meeting that we have, mm-hmm. and you ask a lot of questions to the, to the, to the client. I mean, honestly, you're, we're asking those clients because we want information, but also we're getting inspired. Like my clients inspire me, mm-hmm. like what their goals are yeah. inspires me. Some of their ideas, they might have a crazy idea. It doesn't work, but like it, it will inspire me in a different way. Yeah. So I think like my clients inspire me and they have to Yeah. because it's their space and, and, and it's not just, this isn't just a, you know, an empty canvas. I'm not just painting art. We're building art together and it's functional. Right. So you have to work together. Right. Hey, what are some of the crazy projects or kind of outlandish projects that you want to highlight or anything? Well, first of all, yeah. sorry about that. Not to cut you off. Not okay. uh, speaking of the detail, I want to talk about the showroom. Thank you for uh, give a big shout out over to Brad and the Ruder Group for hosting us in the Stylex showroom here on the third floor and the Merchandise Mart. So I uh, appreciate uh, you opening your doors. I know for all the COVID people out there, it is only Tom and I in the showroom. So. Just, uh, my mask is over there. Just clarifying. My mask is over there as well. <laughs> we're in we're a safe but distance we're, we're, away. We're at safe distance. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, any any kind of outlandish projects or interesting projects that you can highlight for us? Uh, they're all interesting. Um, I will tell you that I worked for about eight years for architectural firms, for, for two different, two or three different firms, um, about three, three firms. And... Um, I had a great time. Oh, they all in Chicago? They're all in Chicago. Okay. I, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. But when I went on my own, I really got the opportunity to fully grow. I mean, I think that's the key word is I growed, you know, creatively, mentally, um, uh, mature, maturity. Yeah, just you got to do everything. But yeah. just when you're, that's why I'm a big proponent of like boutique firms. I just mm-hmm. feel like um, nothing against Larger firms, I love larger firms and I admire and I'm always um, uh, loving the work. Yeah. But from a standpoint of a smaller business, you get to put on more hats and you have to grow quick and you have to grow fast. Absolutely. And it's not for everybody. No, Some it's people not. like being a specializer, but like I'm doing everything 
and that forces you to grow and it forces you to be creative. As far as interesting projects, I think that um, I do residential and commercial and yeah, residential, there's always interesting requests. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I do, I love it. Um, I had a project once and he's one of my really good friends. He's one of my first clients, but he had a, he challenged me to design in a uh, invisible hidden door oh, interesting. in a, his powder room that opened up to the back alley corridor of his coach house. Because when he had, to, when he was living at this coach house, he had to bring groceries in and go a long ways in. And he's like, if this whole wall just opened up into the, <laughs> into the vestibule to the alley, it wasn't the alley door. There's two doors you had to go because it would be a straight shot in Tom. So I designed this, <laughs> it was on a commercial auto operator, um, basically behind a picture on a wall and you would, you would like push in the picture like Batman style yeah, and it would hit the button to open the auto operator and the door would completely open right next to the toilet. Oh, how cool is that? And it just, oh, and it looked, it looked, no one knew. <laughs> and um, I was like, this is great. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I get a whole lot of uh, interesting challenges yeah. from, I think, the residential side. Commercial, yes, sure. Sure. Um, I did a project where um, it was my largest office project. It was 70,000 square feet. And uh, the the CEO wanted one room. It was totally ultra modern. And he wanted one room that was kind of an escape. It was like going to a different period of time. He wanted sort of like 18th century Scotland look. And <laughs> so you're, the you're, you're coming. I, the with this, yeah. I wasn't trying to do an accent. <laughs> but he wanted this room where you come in and you're like, where am I? You're being transported into this, this like 18th century, you know, like Scottish country club okay. feel. And so the room is completely different. And, and uh, it was just a really a, a amazing feel. And I'm talking like green leather, like pastel colors and plaid wallpaper and coffered, heavily thick coffered ceiling. <laughs> you know, it was... And, and, it was the fan favorite of the contractors. Yeah, right, right, like, exactly. They loved it. <laughs> Completely different than anything else. Yeah. So when you when you're saying about wearing multiple hats and and you know obviously you have to grow as a designer, grow as an individual. If you were to go to a firm, what would be a larger firm? Like what would be that role that someone would would go into? I mean, because you could do it all, right? You could do some business development. You could yeah. do the the design direction, you could be technical. I mean, what, and, and you don't have to speak for yourself. I'm just saying in general, what, what do you think someone would, would go for? Well, I can't speak for someone else. I could, I could speak for me and I ha I've had had people approach me. I just didn't, I didn't want you to, I, yeah. No, it's okay. I, I'm, I love the creativity. Yeah. I mean, for me, like um, everybody, all my clients, what they would probably say is, Tom's creative, but also he has, he's extremely technical. Like he could pull off anything. He's really technical. Yeah. And that's because whenever I'm designing anything, I think any good designer, any well-rounded designer is when you're even just sketching or drawing, you're thinking about how it's going to be put together. Mm -hmm. How am I going to actually build this? How's mm -hmm. this going to be put together? Mm -hmm. You got to put your mindset in the, the craftsperson's hands. Right. But um, I like the creative process. Um, I love meeting with clients and yeah. getting them excited like forward about, facing. about my designs. Yeah. The technical side is to be completely honest <laughs> and without sounding <laughs> what, like too confident, but I'm really good at the technical side. Yeah. So that just comes like I can detail out pretty much anything that I draw. Cause when I'm designing and I kind of know how I'm going to build it Yeah. and I just have so much experience in it. So like I don't have a lot of fun doing the construction drawings as much, but they yeah. go really fast. Right. Cause I'm like, oh, I know how, I just wish I could plug it in my head and get it all done mm -hmm. because I know how it should be built. Mm -hmm. But um, and, and the, the creativity, the creative, creative side, yeah. the solving problems is fun. Yeah. And, and your, I assume your drawings are very thorough and I guess this is kind of segueing into like um, the advocacy of interior designers stamping drawings. And for people who don't uh, know that, can you explain that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I was the um, I was the vice president of advocacy for IIDA Illinois chapter for four years. My my term just actually ended. I did mm -hmm. two terms, and I, I just ended it uh, this past uh, 
this this month actually it ended and uh i think that thank you thank you congrats thank you All very the much whole thing. thank you i have a little more time in my hands now <laughs> um but i'm still yeah. i'm still involved yeah. very deeply i'm on the committee and i'm gonna, I, i'm still kind of um i'm working with the new vp yeah um talking about our goals but which is uh, who it's Catherine tejada okay i don't know her. she's with global furniture okay she's a good personality yeah kind of similar to me <laughs> you need a lot of you need some passion you need a little you need to be a little crazy yeah to do it and um, who's the president coming in uh president coming in is it jamie or is it uh, it is J- jamie is the president or emily elect um i'm sorry i can't emily sim Stem- emily sampanato i, think, I believe that's it yeah i believe that should it. have her on yeah i did my um, yeah, four, emily, I did, yes i did my four years of vp of membership Many moons ago, but Dan Bassano. Dan Bassano, yeah, he got me into this whole mess. Thanks, <laughs> okay, so you thanks, thanks Dan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, he did uh, his term, and you know, I see some similarities in you guys for sure, as far as the advocacy. But not to cut you off, keep going. Yeah. So. Um, oh. Yeah, a little oh, bit Lord. of a situation there. <laughs> we'll get through it though. We just stay calm. Um. <laughs> Does that always happen to me, right? <laughs> Especially on camera. So um, how does advocacy tie in with interior design? Okay, so is that your, kind of your question? Yeah, so I wanted, to, I wanted to break it down for some of the listeners who don't really know interior design or the practice. I don't want to assume that the millions of fans know what we're talking about. So yes. it, it, as far as interior designers wanting to be able to stamp their drawings and how IDA, not IDA, how the AIA and how that differentiates in order to have construction drawings, in order to have a structure built or an interior built, you need the drawings stamped by an architect, a licensed yes. architect in Illinois, and, yeah. in Illinois correct. And um, a lot of designers out there, and, and I'm speaking, I'm taking this over now. A lot of designers have the ability to take the drawings as far as possible or f- even further than some architects, let's say. And, uh, but they can't stamp, it, stamp the drawings for construction. Is that correct? Yes. So you can um, correct me on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll take this over. <laughs> yeah, take the um, let, let the professional handle it, please. No. So uh, basically, um, interior designers, which a lot of the listeners and some may not know, but I always love educating about interior designers. So I'm going to sort of approach this from a standpoint of maybe the listener doesn't know what interior the education that interior designers have. Interior designers who are registered with the state as a registered interior designer, have to go through a rigorous education background to be able to call themselves a registered interior designer. So now I can speak for Illinois. Other states are different. But interior designers who, uh, who are practicing, who are registered with the state, such as me, go to a four-year school, mm-hmm. a, which is a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Interior Design, and it's, a, it's an accredited program, meaning there's a, there's a watchdog overseeing the program to make sure that they touch all the health, safety, and welfare standards in the interior design industry. And, and how many registered interior designers were in Illinois? We right have about 1,000 a a thousand, right, thousand, right? Okay, We have about 1,000. Yeah. Uh, so the, a lot of people are just always surprised to hear all the education interior designers have. We go to a four-year school. Um, you uh, would want to go to an accredited school, just mm-hmm. like any any profession. You want it to be accredited, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you have to have a two years of professional experience working either under a registered interior designer or a licensed architect, and then so that's six years right there before you could even take the exam. Now let's talk about the exam. So you have six years of education. Now you got to take the NCIDQ exam, which is a two-day exam, and it tests only on health, safety, and welfare, and not how beautiful a space looks, which is what everybody equates interior design to designing pretty spaces. None of that. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's always kind of a shock. People, oh, I thought you know, it's nothing. You know, you're not talking. It's not how pretty your you know your paint colors are. It's nothing about not dealing with drapes. You know, we're talking about. Real serious issues, exiting, egress, fire codes, um, you know, ADA, mm-hmm. uh, accessibility standards. Um, so you have to go through all this education and money. Think of how expensive college can be for going out of state, right? Mm-hmm. To take this exam and then um, obviously uh, you pass the exam, right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then you can finally uh, call yourself, you can register with the state as a registered interior designer. And now, if you think about all that education that we have to go through, the four years of school, which are programs with all the CDA all the CDA accredited interior design programs in the country and Canada focus on health, safety, and welfare, building codes, accessibility guidelines, sustainability. We're learning that in school, the fundamentals. Then you go and work for a firm and you practice real life under a licensed architect or registered interior designer. Then you take an exam that only tests you on these items, but yet you, you want to go on your own and start a business like I did. And then you, you have a 10,000 square foot office and you know how to design it. You know how to do all the building codes to make it safe, but you still can't stamp it for a building permit. You have to pay an architect uh, you know, to stamp your drawings. Mm -hmm. So it's, it, you can't, it's basically like you go through all of this education and all the money to get this degree, but yet the state doesn't allow you to fully work to the extent of your expertise. So there's sort of uh, a preventing you from doing your job. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine someone preventing you from doing your job when you can do it. Right. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's very frustrating. So, and a lot of this has to do with just, and it's, it, and it, it's, it's not the public's fault. It's, there's a lot of TV shows, there's a lot of media that shows interior design and I think a more Absolutely. decorative light. Yeah. There, there's, there's decoration and there's interior design. And I love both. I love decoration. Decoration, interior decorators are great. Interior designers are great. And both, incorporate a little bit of each other but mm -hmm. you're being you can't in illinois especially even though you go through all this education and health safety and welfare is at the front of any designer's mind obviously right i think about that and they're telling you you can't do your job so that is sort of where we're at and we're trying to change educate legislators and educate the public that no, interior designers have the education and the, uh, the knowledge to design safe spaces for non-structural environments. We're not trying to build buildings. I work with architects all the time. They're doing the building and I'll do the interior. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really how it, how it should be. But you work with, um, you know, your specializers. Yeah. And when architects hear that, what is their rebuttal and what is their, I mean, I know they do what seven tests or something like that to get there. Well, I can't speak for the NCARB exam, but I know it is longer than the interior design exam. But I personally think that a two day exam, you know, is, is, is that test only on health, safety and welfare. Yeah. It's pretty robust. Yeah. And for, like I said, for all the listeners out there, it, it tests millions, nothing on how millions, beautiful a space is. It's only building codes mm -hmm. and health, safety, welfare, and accessibility and energy codes. So it's, um, it's all about educating everyone to understand that when they hire, when they hire a NCIDQ designer, that they've gone through this education that you know, decorators, people who didn't, did not go to school for what we do. They mm -hmm. don't have that information. Mm -hmm. And then we have all that knowledge that we apply that we should be able to take ownership of our projects. And once again, it's not like, you know, we're not, we're doing, we're doing our scope of work, which is the interior non-structural work. If I have a project that, and I'm doing an interior stairway and I need to cut through a slab to do a two-story office, I'm going to be hiring a structural engineer. Right. You know, as any mm -hmm. as an architect would, mm -hmm. I'd be hiring a structural engineer. So I would have consultants. Mm -hmm. um, so, like any profession, we know where our where our scope ends, and we, we when we need to bring in somebody mm -hmm. to the team. Mm -hmm. And I work with uh, I work with architects um, uh, all the time on projects. The client yeah. has an interior designer, an architect. I, I hire uh, and manage uh, mechanical and electrical. Uh, fire protection engineers mm -hmm. that I bring on that I fully manage and coordinate all the work with. So I do all that. And, and, and that's not just me. It's really all interior designers who, 
who want to kind of uh, who have the education, yeah. who are registered with the state, who want to take things to the next level. Right. It's really about allowing the state to allow interior designers to take ownership for their work mm-hmm. because we already are trained to do so. Yeah. And now talking about the uh, interior design, and correct me if I'm wrong, something sunsets in 2021 or 2022. Correct. I like the word. You were close. Yeah. 2022. Okay. <laughs> 2022, we are. Uh, we are sunset. Our, our interior design registration title act That's is, is 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 going to be be expiring, and we and what, are. What, what to, does that mean? In a it nutshell? means that the the only law. I apologize to the listeners. This is getting a little boring. No, it's not. <laughs> I, I <don't, laughs> but um, the, the only law that Illinois has is it says that if you pass the NCIDQ, which is our national exam. You can register with the state yeah. as a registered interior designer. And what that does is it differentiates you yeah. from really a marketing perspective only. Okay. That you meet a different level of educational requirements than another interior designer who isn't registered or somebody who wants to hire a designer with the confidence that they know how to design commercial spaces and they gotcha. understand building codes. Okay. Um, it's another level of, uh, of you know, of, uh, technicality. Mm-hmm. But it does not allow interior designers to stamp their drawings. Um, it doesn't allow really much but just to differentiate yourself marketing-wise. It does allow you to file a lien mm-hmm. against a prop, someone's personal property if they don't pay you, mm-hmm. which is actually was introduced about a year ago, Okay, which is good. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, in in uh, just trying to understand the process. So, did the lobbyists, uh, the interior design lobbyists, did they advocate for that to stay into law? The uh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> um, napkin, please. Uh, someone's gonna have to. You guys are gonna have to uh, view this on. On our YouTube, Stylex, your, we're, your we're, we're going crazy. We're going crazy over your, here. Your, your, your table's holding up. Great. <laughs> um, can you repeat the question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I guess so. It, in order to put a lien on someone's property if they're not paying you, you said it was introduced about a year, a year or two ago, correct? Yeah. So, who introduced that? And the lobby. I guess I want to just have, get your input on the lobbyists that we have advocating for interior designers' rights. I think that it's okay. different than. It's changed a few times since I was on the board, but uh, who is that and when when did that person change? Because I believe you brought the person, the uh, the uh, lobbyist to the Stitch Awards, right? For um, I brought a I brought a legislator, a legislator, a legislator okay. who I was um, sort of educating. I wanted to educate a little bit about. Yeah, I wanted to show them a good time, obviously, but I also wanted to talk to them about what I just talked about. Is that interior designers? They it's a it's a it's a a far more technical field than most people understand. Yeah, that they don't understand. I think how technical. Yeah, interior design is, and I think that's what that's what our goal is to to talk about the technical aspects of this profession mm-hmm. and um, everything it takes. You know, um, when you're doing a project. So as far as um, did he have a good time at Stitch? He did. I mean, it was a great. Uh, he did a great, a great event. Time. No, he sure. had a great yeah. time. What, what did you think of the event as a whole? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was done. Done the right way this year. Yeah. Finally had a well. catwalk and everything. Yeah, for sure. And for those of you who don't know, IDA puts on a garment uh, event where different firms around the city uh, design, partner with a furniture manufacturer, partner with not only a furniture manufacturer, just a manufacturer in general, and they create uh, costumes or dresses yeah, to, create, to a certain um, theme or to a certain concept. Um, and this year it was held at Venue One. I think venue, I can't remember. I'm not Where, whatever remember the hell. It, I forgot the name. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it was in the West Loop, but I mean, it was a great time. Yeah. Um, okay, so that legislator, the 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 person you brought was not the actual lobbyist. It was someone. It was who, a it was a representative for Illinois. Gotcha. Okay. It was was not a. Uh, I repeat, it was an Illinois representative. It wasn't a federal rep for Illinois. Okay, and what what are the differences between that? Well, there's federal. You know, like dirt, like um, Dick Durbin. Okay. Yeah. Like he's a, um, I think he's a senator, right? Yeah. Federally, so he's gotcha. a federal 
senator, but he represents Illinois. But he's also uh, has a seat on the federal Understood. You know, side. Understood. So, uh, but there's there's also for those who don't know, there's a lot of every state has their own state representatives and state senators. Gotcha. And, and so, really, we want to be able to be talking to those people, mm-hmm. those those uh, those individuals, because they're making the laws, they're on the committees. But you know, like anything, um, it's all about education. Yeah. And I always tell you know interior designers, you have to talk about what you do to people because they probably don't have the same view of interiors that you do mm-hmm. and it's okay it's a relatively new profession i mean it really didn't get you know in the 70s it started getting organized okay mm-hmm. um but we have to talk about it and i think that the message now is to is to get interior designers to speak about how technical our profession really is and all the education we have to go to to get where we're at mm-hmm and that we should be able to practice to the full to our full extent. Absolutely. Which is really a human right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean to be able to do what you do. Sure. And the public has and the public is safe because yeah. we know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Because we've taken the exams and we have continuing education mm-hmm. and um, we have the uh, experience mm-hmm. just like any other profession out there. Mm-hmm. So um, So in the four yeah. years that you were on the board, what what uh I, I don't want to say what what advancements, but what what happened? I mean, obviously, you said the lean. Were you a part of it before? I was. Before that, uh, that was largely. Um, I was a part of the conversation, but I wasn't part of uh, the ASID lobbyist who was with. A, we partner up with ASID. IIDA and ASID has really come together, and Is I will. ASID still around? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Of course. For some yeah. reason, I thought they disbanded or they. No, no, no. Down. They're still together. Of, okay. Of course. Yeah. They're they're. Loud and proud, and okay. I've sort of, uh, I think, sort one of the major things that I think that I accomplishments that I feel that I, I, I did when I was on the board for years was I connected ASID and IIDA, awesome on a level on a, on a state level where we started to talk more, and we started to realize we we all need to uh, come together for a common cause, and before we weren't necessarily doing that. Yeah, they were separated a bit more, and we started doing doing events together. Mm-hmm. We started doing capital days together, mm-hmm. and uh, and I started you know meeting ASID mm-hmm. uh, president, you know the president and the, yeah. the people on the board, and you know we all have the same goal. And if we're going to convince, if we're going to educate, who better than the two largest interior design organizations, yeah, IIDA absolutely. and ASID, yeah. to have the same message and to, to educate because we can double our efforts. Absolutely, yeah. And, and how was Capital Day? I mean, obviously, This year April, it didn't happen. Yeah. I just did a did virtual one. I had some phone call. I just talked on the phone. It was okay. just me talking with legislators. But the previous year, yeah, I mean, we had um, about 65, 60 people come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was great. And it was ASID, IIDA Alliance. We're an alliance now. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that I'm most proud of. Yeah. And um, we also got the lean. Um, we also have generated more events Within IIDA, they're advocacy focused. There's so many. Um, also, <laughs> the uh, main objective for IIDA right now, Illinois chapter, is advocacy. It's the top priority right awesome. now. Education, mm-hmm. educating, and advocacy has was was once something that was barely, you know, it was hard to talk about. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't interesting. But there's, I feel like, it's more important now. And I actually did not even. I think maybe my passion might have inspired some people for it, sure. but the board actually told me that they wanted to make advocacy a high priority. I did not push this on anybody, mm-hmm. but the board wanted to go that direction. So now advocacy is a huge priority to what we do, and we're going to be happy we have more events, advocacy events. And I mean, let's talk about even what advocacy is. What is advocacy? It's, yeah. it's basically convincing someone to be for or against a subject that you're passionate about. Yeah that they may not know nothing of. So it's really up to us to educate and talk to people mm-hmm. about why they should care mm-hmm. and, and what interior design is. Yeah. Well, what do you think about now how COVID kind of disrupted all the interior designers? I mean, there's a lot of people getting let go right now and still yes. being let go. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think that that's interesting that a lot of, you know, if there's a way to band together or do something to, to really unite everybody, but what are your thoughts on that? It's going to be tough. This year, 
it's it's tough to get anything done now when you can't meet in person i feel especially for advocacy yeah you have to like um i feel for advocacy you have to be in the same room and feel the energy of somebody yeah to get interested sure um so this year you know 20 the rest of this year in 2021 is going to be really tough because we don't know where you know, if we're going to be able to allowed, or, you know, and when there's a second wave of this thing, I don't even know if we're going to be able to have Capital Day in person next in 2021. Mm-hmm. So, because if it's still 50 people, the state doesn't even want people in their capital now. Yeah. So, it. I don't know. I mean, I think that everybody's got to just. Uh, we're in uncharted waters. Absolutely. No one's been through this before, and stay positive. I think having virtual, having you know more and more of the virtual uh, uh, gatherings yeah. online, they're helpful, but it's just not the same as being in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I, I just uh, well, I mean, yeah. we could switch to a better topic. We yeah. can talk about. I don't know if you want to talk about WWF stuff. Or, <laughs> I don't know. Do we WWE wanna, <laughs> WWE stuff? Tell us about that. Tell me more about that. Oh man, uh, yeah. is that too far out there? No, way? it's okay. It's okay. No, I'm, I'm a huge people. You know, I feel like everybody's always shocked to hear I'm a huge WWE fan. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, I it, went to a Monday Night Raw like a uh, couple years ago or how last was that? year. It was great. I was yeah. paid way too much for my ticket. I got second row. Fun. I was right there. I Hell was on yeah. TV. Hell yeah. Have you been to Mexico it. City? By chance? What's that? Have, have I been, been to Mexico City? Yeah. No, I've been to Mexico. I've been to Puerto Vallarta and okay. some other Cancun. Have you ever seen there. any of the luchadores or anything like no, that? No, but they have those on WWE. Oh, my gosh. It's a great escape. It, it, it's a great it, escape. It, and, it, it's lar- and like interior design, wrestling is largely misunderstood. <laughs> 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 I feel. There's probably a lot of people listening going, you're crazy. <laughs> but people, you know what? People like what they like, I guess, right? Yeah. And that's what absolutely. makes human beings so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a whole yeah. creative process to that. Yeah. To that. It's an art to that. There's an art to interiors. There's, there's an art to design, period. Absolutely. And I just lo- I just love the creative process. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we went down to Mexico City and... In uh, November, October last year, um, my parents flew in, flew my parents in, and we went to one of the wrestling matches down there. And man, oh man, that was such a fun event, dude. I mean, these dudes are jumping off the ceiling, like onto the. It's, it's got to be one like, of the most. It was. I it respect was that. I respect it because it's so dangerous. Right. That people just take for granted. If you, yeah. if you just, your life is in your partner's hands. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. And it, Do they and people have, don't like, realize how how. Yeah, it's staged, it's scripted, but um, it, it hurts. And every move that you do, you could, you can, you can hurt lose yourself. your life. Yeah, yeah. If you land the wrong way, it takes a lot of skill. Yeah. Do they still do like cage matches and shit like that? And like, uh, I'd again, totally just asking because I don't know. I'm remembering back from like when I was yeah, in yeah, grade school. Yeah, they do all so that. They do they all that. Do I've all only, that? I've only kind of rekindled my interest in this in the past couple of years. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, they do. They still do all that. And then they, they're still doing all like the ladders and stuff like that too. Yeah, they like do high, high They ladders. do the ladder matches. Yeah, do, ladder they matches. Do, they do all that. God damn, it's so good. Yeah, I love it. I, I, I'm just amazed more people haven't been seriously injured on live on live TV. Yeah, with the things that they do. Yeah, I mean sports now are are crazy. I don't know how big of a sports fan you are, but. Uh, I think with the Patrick Mahomes just got a huge contract, NFL football player for all of you that are out there, signed somewhere to a possible of a $503 million for 10 years with like some ridiculous you just give bonus. IDA a couple, couple hundred thousand. You know That's I mean? all we need. Yeah. Just a, couple a little bit thousand. our way. Absolutely. We should talk to him and teach him about <laughs> interior design. Yeah. Well, we well Contract Magazine closed down. Did you hear about that? No, I so didn't. So I think they're they're shuttering, and they're really yeah. Their last episode. That's or really last sad. Episode, I really like their last issue is going to be. I think uh, either shocking, next actually. month. That's, right? It's a bit shocking to me, isn't it? Well, I mean, they've always been. They they they've always like ever since I it was in school. I had yeah. their their magazines whenever I always had a subscription. Yeah. Um. I I've always they've been a staple in the industry. Yeah, it's wow. uh, it, they made some announcement and they sent a D blast, but uh, you know I think that's just indicative of the advertisers not spending the money anymore and and things slowing down. And I and I do think that you know since you are your own shop and you're doing your own thing, I think the you being the advocate for interior design is definitely very strong. It's harder for 
it's I guess I shouldn't say it's harder for her, but for a D three or a D two to kind of be the advocacy chair. Um, but th- there's just so much more oomph behind what you're saying because you're practicing what you preach, right? Right. Um, sort of a, uh, I'm sort of the non-volunteer face of the advocacy movement, as as Dan put it. He's yeah. like, you're the face of the movement. I'm like, no, I'm not. He's like, yeah, but you are. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So four years later, or actually, I, that was a long time ago, but I, I've, I've, I've come to uh, the realization that um, someone's got to do it. Absolutely. And we have generated a lot of momentum, a lot of positive feedback from especially a lot of the younger designers who are interested. Yeah. Because they're spending, I mean, anywhere between 15000 to 50000 on your education. And when they realize, a lot of the, the students don't know that, and a lot of other states too, that if you want to start your own thing, you can't fully practice right the state the state doesn't allow you you have to hire you'll have to pay someone else or hire somebody else to you know basically stamp your drawings and, and they yeah. have a huge problem with that yeah for the reasons that i've already mentioned yeah and um there's a they're, they're very interested in advocacy and being vocal mm-hmm. and you know we're not asking for anything that we shouldn't be asking for in other words we're mm-hmm. just asking that based on our education we should be able to do this yeah that's what we go to school for that's what our professional um experience that we have and that's our examination mm-hmm. interesting yeah so we just want to you know we just want to do what we want to do yeah that's all like like any other profession wants to operate yeah yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's definitely a huge task, and I, I it is believe that someone does have to do it. But a lot of interest in it, a lot more interest lately in the past couple of years we've generated with mm-hmm. advocacy. And and how does it change by state by state? It's complicated. Um, it's uh, we'll break it down. We got some time. Yeah, we have. Um, <laughs> I'll just in, in t- generically speaking, though, there are, there are about I don't know. I think there's about six states: Nevada, Utah, Florida, Texas. There are a few of them. And if you go to the IIDA, uh, dot org web uh, website, you can go to the advocacy tab and learn more. But those states allow an interior designer to stamp drawings for a permit. What states? Uh, well, there's a, oh, there's a lot. There's a, Nevada, there's a fo- Florida, oh, okay, gotcha. uh, Alabama, gotcha. Texas. Um, uh, you know, more and more are slowly coming. But there are some states that do allow gotcha. you know, for you to practice. But uh, Illinois, you know, it's obviously one of the biggest states. Um, we're still stuck. Yeah. And we're still stuck in the Title Act. So state by state, some states a lot, some states don't have anything though. So mm-hmm. some states have are like us who have our Title Act. Mm-hmm. And in Title Act, once again, what does that do? It just says that you can call yourself a registered interior designer that helps you differentiate yourself as someone who has a different, who has an increased education on building codes. So for example, there's a government contract there's a federal contract. They all pretty much mandate that an NCIDQ designer work on their projects. So if you didn't take the NCIDQ, you're, you're not going to be able to bid that job out. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, if you want to file a lien, if you're not a, reg- a tie- if you're not a registered interior designer, hell no, you can't file a lien. So mm. there's some advantages. Other states have nothing. Nothing. It's not even recognized as a profession. Wow. Uh, and they're working to just get a title act, which we've had since 1990. Gotcha. Other states have been through the nothing to the Title Act to the Practice Act. They have the Practice Act. Like I tell you, a Practice Act will allow is what allows you to fully practice your profession to the fullest extent of the law. Hmm. And that's what we'd like to have in Illinois because that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're trained to do. That's yeah. all we want to do is do interior design. We're not trying to... Uh, to take any work away from anybody. We just <laughs> want to practice our own profession. profession. Yeah. That is it. And, uh, you know, that's sort of the, the call. So every state's different, but it's fascinating. You know, California has their own mm-hmm. uh, exam for interior design, if you can believe that. It's not the NCIDQ. In California, it's completely different. Really? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Cause I Interesting. Met, yeah, so... But you learn a lot about being on the in, the in the position I was in. You learn a lot about the different 
laws. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know for, for what we're doing, you know, partnering up and being more collaborative design practice, you know, the NCIDQ or the people who are on the team, as well as outside stamping architects who can stamp in multiple states. Mm-hmm. Um, but the collaboration, I think, is super important. And, and what do you, so what do you look for when you're trying to collaborate or when you're reaching out to people? Personality. Yeah. To me, personality is is literally everything. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to jive? It's even clients. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you, just meet, you can meet a client and, and you can tell this client's just not for me or I'm going to get along great with this client. Sometimes, yeah. you know. But I, I, want to, I want someone who is going to um, compliment me, mm-hmm. maybe has some characteristics that I don't have, that they have, that right. I can learn from them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I always say, you know, people always say, well, God, if I could just clone myself and, you know, I would do great. Actually, you wouldn't be so great because yeah. you wouldn't learn anything. True. So I just want someone personality who I can vibe with, who is passionate, mm-hmm. who can communicate. Yeah. And um, I think those are all tough things. Yeah. You may get a few of those, but I, I just like, I think that the human connection mm-hmm. is, is important, whether virtually or in person, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just that that's really important. You can learn from each other. Yeah. And it's no. not a not it's not a competition. Right. It's just I'm doing what I do best, you're doing what you're doing yeah, best. Yeah, you know in your role. And I'm working on inter- interdisciplinary teams for 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's the world we live in that we have to work together. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's everybody brings a value and I hate using that value add term, but mm-hmm. I know at least for our team how we've built it out. You know, Mark, uh, Mark Lawrence, he definitely has more of the developer, more of the architectural type built experience, uh, which I don't have. And then uh, Kristen, who is our content lead, she has the written word copywriting down and and being able to expand and contract depending on the project has been a, a huge um, uh, positive for us, uh, depending on the client. Right. Um Although marketing is very loud right now because everybody cares about their web presence and everybody cares about uh, uh, marketing and social media right now, but the architectural is definitely going to be growing with lagging behind just a tad because we are still searching for that work, but everything's really uh, dry out there right now. So it's dire. It's going to be really interesting to see with the next six months how it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like there could be a lot of need for smaller offices. Yeah. Which is great for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm out, you know, I'm a smaller company and I actually love being a smaller company. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I love, like, I, I like, I like being in that, um, in that standpoint. Yeah. Of, of, I, I've competed against bigger firms and it's, it, and I've lost and I've won some and, it, and it's always fun. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's all about some, you know, some clients just don't care. They just want the right fit. They're looking for the right fit too. Mm-hmm. Clients Absolutely. want someone they could, you know, they, no one, no one says ever they want to work. Someone's going to cause them problems. Right. Exactly. You know, you want a vibe. Yeah. You're going to be meeting and, and talking and, yep. and you have to, you're getting, I'm getting ideas from you, the client, and you're getting mm-hmm. ideas from me and, mm-hmm. and not everything I present is going to be great. And neither are you. And we come yep. together. Yeah, absolutely. To solve a problem. Right. Which is really what we do is solve problems. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, yeah, man. I mean, uh, anything else you, anything, any questions for me? How about that? Uh, questions for you? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah, what do right? you do? Who am I? Why am I here? Um, no, um, maybe you could just tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, your decision to sort of go on your own. And, and yeah. I mean, I, of, I would love to get your, your insight on that and, and advice on, I mean, I'm happy. Uh, I'm that. really excited for you. It's yeah. not easy. I was sort of pushed into it. Well, I've my been, comp- but I've I been, but I always wanted to. It was like a game. Me being, you know, you know, have my company um, disappear. Yeah, kind of forced me to do it. And I was like, oh, this is great. You know, to finally, you know, try going on my own. But it's tough when you already are working with somebody. Yeah, that's that's a brave move. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to be brave. Yeah, and and you know, our for our, my hand was forced as well. I mean, I, I was laid off, let go. Um, due to COVID and, you know, I, I've always toyed with the idea of starting my own shop or, or getting a small team together. And, and it sounds weird starting my own shop because it is really a collaborative thing, at least what we're doing. Um, but it, it's, I feel like the conditions are right and the, the uh, mixture of 
the market conditions with a little bit of coin and uh, as well as a, a pool of talent that can allow us to expand and contract depending on the project. It's just that the projects have to come through and nobody knows really where those projects are going to come. But the advantage for us is that we can handle development all the way to showroom design. So that scale, I think, is super important. That experience and scale um, is very advantageous for us. Uh, but nobody knows what the future is going to say. It hold, like you said, the next six months because nobody's moving and or, or not moving, not moving in the literal sense, but like nudging. You know, nobody's going back to the office. There, there's a few people going back to the office this month, but I think all of those people are going to be very reluctant to go back to the office. And I mean, the home office is going to be interesting because I feel who knows if these kids are going to go back to school and people are going to have to stay home. I mean, there's a whole market there. So that's why I think you're in a great position too, being residential and commercial, right? Like you can definitely blur those lines in your experience. For sure. No, correct. I mean, if, uh, I think the more you can, the more experience you have, the more project types, the better. Mm -hmm. um, and it just kind of, sort of proves, doesn't matter if you're one person or, or you know, a hundred, mm -hmm. it, it, it allows you to, to be, uh, you can adapt, adapt to the economic climate. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you do good work, then you, your name gets spread all over the place. So, I mean, that's, it's all about doing good work. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how big the job is to me. It's never matter how big the job is. I always want to do a good job mm -hmm. and I want the client to, you know, to recommend me to people. Cause what good is a job? If you go through all that time and energy and life short, yeah, it is. no one can refer you. Yeah. You know, you have to be a good person <laughs> cause you, you know, you gotta, you know, so, and, and I'm, I'm never happy unless the client's happy. Yeah. I, I love the status. I love to see smiles. I like to keep mm -hmm. people to be uh, to like where they uh, the design. Mm -hmm. I feel like it does uh, help the uh, human spirit mm -hmm. to be in a nice space. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, man. Thank you for coming on uh, and pleasure. talking. I was definitely um, you know interested in in talking to you. I know we had this on the calendar for a while. Yeah, and and that was pre COVID. And yeah. uh, now that you're here, I mean, it's great, dude. Um, where can people follow you or, or find you? Can you give your sure. website? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's uh, You can follow me uh, from my company website at www.tzsdesign.com. That's T as in Tom, Z as in Zebra, S as in Sam, design.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, TZS Design, LinkedIn, TZS Design, and Facebook, TZS Design. And what's the Z stand for? It's my middle name, Zachary. Zachary. Came in handy. Finally, yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any anything else? Any parting words? You're good. No, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, and uh, uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Cheers, dude. Thank you. Cheers. Your safety is important. If you observe unattended packages, vandalism, or suspicious activity, inform CTA personnel immediately.